Good evening, sports world. What is good? Welcome to Go Baller FFS and our weekly Go Baller Quick Rants podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting next to my co-host, Mr. Alan Dell, the godfather, and here to jump into two rants this week, one each of us for the NFL, one each for the NBA, and we want you, if you're listening here on Anchor.fm, call into our station, let us know what is your biggest sports beef and sports rant of the week, and without further ado, Mr. Alan Dell, you're uh, beefing about a little Jaguars on the good old plate at dinner time. Well, what's, what's your beef with Jacksonville? Well, I think they ought to change the name of the Jaguars to the Jacksonville Winers because that's all they did. Ooh. They talked big before the game, and they lost, and now they're whining about the officiating. Uh, A.J. Bowie, the cornerback, he cried. A.J. Uh, Boye. Boye, he cried a few times. for uh, He got called for an inter- interference play. But that's the way it is. You don't want to get called for penalties. Don't commit any. They did not lose because of the referees. Jacksonville got ahead 14-3, and then they played not to lose. And they did the same thing against Pittsburgh last week when they got the big lead, but they managed to pull it out by scoring 49 points. So, Well, there's a difference between hanging on to a lead versus Pittsburgh against, uh, versus hanging on to a lead against the New England Patriots, and we saw that this past weekend, prime example of that. Well, the biggest thing, right at the end of the half, there were 50 seconds left Jacksonville had the ball after New England scored, you know, to, to cut the lead to 14 to 10, and and they didn't try. They took a knee. That 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 was the first time this season that a team took a knee with over with 50 seconds or over left on a clock before halftime, and it just didn't work. And then they got the ball in the second half. And there's other plays. I think about the they got the turnover against the New England on the fumble by Deion Lewis after a catch. So New England gets the ball back in there, and they get a sack in there. They're looking at third and 18, and Tom Brady completes a pass. That might have been the turning point of the game. Uh, they, they got nothing to do but, but to blame themselves. You think about what New England did. I mean, they, Barry Church knocked Rob Gronkowski out of the game when he targeted helmet to helmet. You can call it clean, dirty, whatever you want. I think it was a real cheap shot. It's I, one hell of a hit, I'll tell you that much. I think he deliberately tried to get him out of the game, especially in today's NFL. When you get hit like that, you know you're going to go to concussion protocol. So, so Brady was without his top weapons. Julia, well, Julius, Julius Edelman has Julian played. Edelman. Julian Edelman hasn't played all year, so <laughs> say that five times fast. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're looking overall. I mean, whether or not whining, whether all. whether or not you want to say that's a dirty hit, stop whining. I'll give you that much. Blake Bortles reportedly crying in the locker room after the game. I mean, you know, very emotional game for an, for an emotional city that's very passionate about their sports team and their NFL franchise, that's for sure. And when you look at the box score breakdown, just a highlight that I noted from the beginning of the playoffs was Blake Bortles and watching in the first round against the Buffalo Bills and Blake Bortles' ability to run the football, use his legs in addition to his arm. And if you remember that game, the Jacksonville Jaguars won 10-3 to in a very, very low-scoring game. But Blake Bortles, 87 passing yards in that game. He also had 88 rushing yards on 10 carries in that game, including a key run of 20 yards to move the chains and beat the Bills when that game was tied up at 3-3. to And you even look so far as past last week when they played the Steelers, yeah, they had the big win and Bortles threw for over 200 yards, but he had 26 pass attempts versus 23 in the first week, so only three more in that game. He still had five carries for 35 yards, including a very important 16-yard run. Now we bring it to this week. 
Blake Bortles had zero carries on, on the stat book for two carries for negative two yards. He threw the ball 36 times in a game they were ahead for most of the game. That's exactly what Bill Belichick and the Patriots wanted him to do, was throw the ball more than 30 times because he's not going to outplay Brady when it comes to his arm. And he didn't use his legs one time. That was the X factor. And Jacksonville was too afraid to use it. And just like you said, as the old adage goes, when you play not to lose, you lose. Yeah, they have nothing to complain about, and they, they, maybe the next time they ought to keep their mouth shut before a game. They're not Muhammad Ali, you know. Maybe they, Jalen Ramsey thought he was there well, for a yeah, second. I, don't know what, I mean, if you got to talk up, and the New England, as usual, did not say anything before the game during the week. Just praise their opponents. In a typical New England fashion, man. That just goes to say of, of their locker room and why, why it's that much better in culture overall than the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room because they're always making the Super Bowl and the Steelers aren't. So I'm going to give you one thing as we wrap this segment up here and go into our next rant. Who will be Jacksonville's quarterback next That's year? That's a good question. If Bortles was crying. He may cry some more when uh, Jacksonville doesn't give him an extended contract. So they're going to get Alex Smith, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, Kirk Teddy Bridgewater, Kurt Cousins. He got a lot of options in Jacksonville. That's yeah, for damn sure. Yeah. He may be crying a lot during the offseason. Cry me a rivers. Blake Bortles will be right back, folks. Welcome back, sports world, to our Go Baller FFS Quick Rants podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, sitting next to Mr. Alan Dell, the godfather, and jumping into my NFL rant of the week off championship weekend and really keeping the conversation going from this season that we've had on numerous podcast episodes, and that's the infamous NFL coaching carousel and all the moves being made this week. Now we have, as of today, on Monday, Pat Shermer, quarterback guru and former Vikings offensive coordinator, going to be the Giants' next head coach. So whether he'll be coaching Eli Manning to another Giants Super Bowl or your boy Josh Rosen, who could be the Giants' pick in this draft coming up, we also have Arizona hiring Panthers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes as their new coach, and then Tennessee getting one of the ultimate all-time Patriots, Mike Vrabel, as their next head coach. So a lot of moves being made, not to mention your boy Todd Hayes going to be the next offensive coordinator from Cleveland uh, for Cleveland after being let go from Pittsburgh. So I'm going to let you take this one first, Mr. Allendale. What are your thoughts on the moves that were announced today and this past week out of those four job openings that have been filled that I just mentioned there? Which one of them do you think will have the biggest impact in the NFL next season, 2018? Uh, I think Pat Schumer would be a good guy for the Giants. He'd be a good guy to, to break in Josh Rosen. And I, I believe the, the Giants are going to take him with the second pick. Uh, that's what it's looking like right now. Yeah, I mean, Eli's just going to have to realize that his career is coming to an end. I mean, his brother kind of reluctantly retired, but he had no choice, and I think Eli's getting there. I, I think Josh Rosen's a real deal. I think he's perfect for New York. He's Out of all the quarterbacks, I mean, he has the poise, the athleticism at for a drop-back passer and pinpoint passes that he throws. So I think that's a good choice. Uh, Supposed to be the most NFL-ready quarterback, yeah, right? That's what they've been saying for years now since he's been playing at UCLA. Yeah, yeah I, I like him. Uh, Do you see out of the call-in that we just aired here on our anchor station on Go Baller FFS in terms of now that they've named their new coach and Pat Shermer, and this has kind of been you know in, in the rumor mill for the last couple of weeks, so to speak, but now it's official. The Giants have a new head coach. Do you see guys like Odell Beckham, uh, you know, we talk about Eli Manning maybe being there to, to kind of coach the next rookie quarterback, Josh Rosen, for the next year or two whenever he gets that start. Do you see this team changing much in, in terms of the personnel and what they looked like last season? Is this, a, is this a contender team, or did they underperform or overperform last season? Well, they got to rebuild the offensive line again. It was an underachieving team. Eli Manning, I, I mean, he's at the end of his career. What can, what can we say? He's 37. Uh 
how many years can he go? And I, I've always felt he's been overrated. He won the two Super Bowls. I, I don't know. I would not rank him as a Hall of Fame famer, maybe because he won those two Super Bowls. But uh, I, I, it's time to make a change. Odell Beckham. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a heavy talent. Uh, if you can get something for him, a lot of a lot of if you can get something worthy. I'm going to trade. I think about trading him because he is a head case, and he's been injured. Yeah, so I say injury prone as of the last yeah. couple of seasons, which obviously doesn't match up to the contract money that he's getting. I mean, you well, look at he's looking for the big contract this year, isn't he? Right. It, yeah, absolutely. And then you look at the coaches or the quarterbacks that Pat Shermer has coached in the past. And the guys worked wonders on guys like Nick Foles, Sam Bradford, Case Keenum. So obviously, some of the guys we've been seeing in the playoffs, and obviously Sam Bradford earlier this year. And not to mention him getting his NFL start, helping uh, coach the quarter, the quarterback that was once Donovan McNabb with the Eagles. So this guy, Shermer, has been around the league for a while, regarded as a quarterback guru. I think that's the best case scenario for the Giants here is getting a guy who, whether he's coaching Eli Manning and improving him for his last couple seasons in the league and or coaching the new rookie that's going to be drafted, whether it's Josh Rosen or somebody else, I think even just having that presence for both those guys, old and young, is going to be a huge help for the Giants getting back to Super Bowl form or the, the form that they once had the last time Eli did win those rings over the Patriots. So overall, I, I think Tennessee, man, watch out for Mike Vrabel and, and his, the experience that he had with Tom Brady in that locker room. Remember, Vrabel was a guy that both made plays on defense and caught touchdowns on, on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I think he can really open up the game. I uh, was reportedly bringing in some college coaches to open up the offense for Marcus Mariota. Mariota way more successful uh, in the shotgun uh, than under center, you know, during his short career and had had his worst passing performance of the, uh, of his career this past season. So, but he's been injury prone, so you you don't want him to run too much, and that's his strength. So we'll see what happens there. I like Tide Haley going to the Browns. Yeah, good pickup for them for yeah. sure. The, the only reason he left Cleveland was, I mean, left Pittsburgh is because of him and Big Ben's rift. That's what that's what it seems like everything is pointing to. They had the best offense in the league, or oh, one of the best, I should say. Yeah, well, we're gonna be back here with two more rants for the NBA. One from the Godfather, one from myself. We appreciate your ear. We'll be right back. Sports world, welcome back to our Go Baller FFS Quick Rants podcast. Here to break down our biggest NBA beefs of the week. And Mr. Allen Dell, without further ado, you're beefing about the recent, or actually new news of the day that Jason Kidd has been fired as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. Bucks sitting there barely above 500. What, what's your beef with the Bucks, man? Didn't they make the right move here? Well, first of all, let me say, when I read that Jason Kidd got whacked in a pizza restaurant by the owner and GM, the first thing I thought about was the godfather, God bless Al Pacino. If you remember that scene... When Michael Corleone whacked Salazzo and Captain McCluskey at Louis' Italian American restaurant in the Bronx, it was one of the most iconic scenes of all time, moviehood, Hollywood. That's the first thing I, I thought about. Jason Kidd got his legs cut under in a pizza restaurant, just like, just like Corleone took out two people in The Godfather. And if you haven't seen that movie, for some of you young people out there, you should take a look at it. But that's the first thing I thought of. Mr. Allen Dell with the historical reference here, man. So why did Jason Kidd get whacked? What's what's up with the disrespect here? I thought he was doing well as the Bucks head uh, coach, man. School me over here. I don't know, but I hope he had a couple of bites out of a slice of pizza. Or did they buy him one <laughs> slice and tell him to leave? Or did they give him the whole pizza and say, you finish, we're leaving right now. I don't understand why I got fired. I think it's 
more to do with there's turmoil going on in the front office at Milwaukee. Yeah, his defense struggled a little bit, but he, he's done some good things. He made Giannis into the player that he is today. He took a young team and really helped a lot of players. I don't understand it, but I, as a New York Knicks fan, I see a shining light. This could be a, a break for the Knicks. I think he'd be the perfect coach. For the New York Knicks, Jeff Hornacek is going to get fired. Make no mistake about it. When your players sleepwalk on the court, and I don't know what happened to them in L.A. on Friday. They had to play at noon. They were probably out partying too late. Uh, Sleepwalking, looking more like zombies out on the court yeah, in that so, game. So I, I, I think it could be a move. It could be a... a, a situation where a kid comes and look what he did with the Nets when he was there. He I was there. there. I covered the Nets when he was hired, when they made the blockbuster trade for Pearson Garnett. And I, I'll tell you what, he coached that Nets team very well. And the only reason he left Brooklyn was because he tried to usurp the GM, Billy King, at the time and no, take Billy, over his duties. Billy King was one of the worst GMs in the history. Oh, that go, that, that's another debate for another day. That yeah. goes I say, that goes without saying, because I agree with you 100% on that, as being one of the worst NBA GMs in history. But when you look at Jason Kidd, he was unfortunately pushed out of Brooklyn because, because he tried to go behind his GM's back, and, and the owner, Mikhail Prokhorov, wasn't having that. When you look at what he's done with Milwaukee, I mean, this is a very young team. Might be the youngest team or one of the youngest teams in the NBA. But look, man, facts are facts. The Milwaukee Bucks are 23 and 22. That's one game, no, 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 no. One game over 500 in the decrepit Eastern Conference. You heard me, decrepit. After seed number three in the Cleveland Cavaliers, you have nothing but a halfway decent Eric Spolstra coach Miami Heat squad sitting there above 500 more than a couple games. I mean, come on. You look at the Heat, the, the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, 27 and 18. Uh, well, the Bucks should be there even better. The Bucks should have at least 30 wins this season you know with the talent they have in their team. You know what I think about the firing of a kid when the Bucks GM John Horse wakes up in the morning? He should have a horse head in his bed. That's what I think. Hey, man. That was a terrible move, but it could be great for the Knicks. So I'm saying the Knicks, the Knicks front office, is in worse shape maybe than any front office in the league. But I say get on kid right away. He might not last that They long. need so, to. They need to. Someone's going to take him. Guaranteed. That was the last NBA team he played for. I covered the Knicks that season for yeah, the Daily News. That's when he was uh, uh, mentoring Raymond Felton as, as the next successor. And he could be a perfect uh, mentor for Kristaps for Porzingis. I mean, he, just the way he helped. How Giannis. about Neil Aquina also? Yeah, it could be. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm dropping that horse head off this morning. I'm, I'm t Tomorrow morning I'm flying up to Milwaukee and I'm getting in horse's house and I'm going to drop that. You I'm heard it here. Horse, horse head <laughs> right in his bed when he wakes up in the morning. Let him scream. You heard it here first, folks, from the Godfather himself. And if the Bucks needed any reason to fire Jason Kidd to make it look justifiable, it was the fact that they're 23 and 22, Why, barely game? holding on to the A seed in the decrepit Eastern Conference. I mean, look, this team's got Giannis Atetokounmpo. They've got Chris Middleton back healthy, averaging 20-plus points a game. They traded for Eric Bledsoe. I know he's been banged up a little bit. Malcolm Brogdon's there, former Rookie of the Year. I mean, they, they, they've got some guys on well, this team. When LeBron went to Miami that first year, they got off to a bad start, and they went, <laughs> and they went to three straight finals. You can't compare the Milwaukee Bucks to the Miami Heatles. Man. You can't just do that. We're going to jump into some more NBA talk here in our next NBA Quick Rant segment. We'll be right back. And we are back here, Sports World, the final segment of our Go Baller FFS Quick Rants podcast, here to wrap up our NBA Rants of the Week. And we were just talking about Jason Kidd getting whacked as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach in the Godfather segment. And now to bring on another rant and another Houston Rockets rant to say that 
Houston Rockets again victorious over the Golden State Warriors. So now they've won the season series against them 2-1. to one. So hypothetically, if the Rockets finish in first place in the Western Conference, even with a tie with the Warriors, they're going to get the number one seed. And I'm here to tell you, Sports World, and I'm sorry again, Houston fans, that means absolute jack blank. You heard me right. If the Rockets get the first seed, second seed, third seed, it doesn't matter because what Harden said about the Rockets being for real, for real, he's wrong. Straight up. The Rockets are not for real. James Harden is not for real as a playoff championship contender. And this is just a facade. They're going to win 60-something games, maybe 65-plus. Who knows? Either way, once they get the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series, even if they play the Timberwolves or the Spurs in a seven-game series, the Rockets are the fourth best team in the West at best. I don't care if you beat the Golden State Warriors two out of three times. Big whoop, and you have a team whose leaders are talking to the media as if being the Warriors twice in the regular season actually means something. And if you have that mindset and mentality on a quote-unquote championship contender team, it just shows that you are not ready to win that championship, let alone reach that point in the playoffs for these guys. I mean, Mr. Allen Dell, tell me, you, you mean, you, you've seen the Rockets play. They're definitely a better team with Chris Paul yeah. in the lineup. Look, that goes without saying. They don't have the rest. They don't have the coach who knows how to play defense when it matters in the playoffs. They don't have the leader, a.k.a. James Harden, who knows how to step up and play on both sides of the ball Offense, clutch shots, let alone defense and clutch plays, man. Chris Paul, his playoff record is sketchy at best when you look at his career. So despite how many wins they get this regular season, we've seen time and time again, regular season wins mean jack when it comes down to it. Just remember, you're you're a infamous Mavericks who lost in the first round to the number eight seed Golden State Warriors way back in the day when Dirk and the boys had 67 wins. So that goes to show you. Regular season wins don't mean jack. And I'm going to give you a specific example before I let you jump in and hear Mr. Allendale. The Brooklyn Nets, they were 4-0 against the Miami Heat when the Heat were favorites to win that championship the year they won it. The year they beat the Spurs or the year after. And they had they had, had the Heat's number every single season when Jason Kidd was coaching that team. But when they met in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs... The Brooklyn Nets won one game, and it was the gentleman's sweep. So that is the most that the Rockets will win against the Warriors is one, two games tops in the series. Doesn't even have a chance to go seven games. What are your thoughts here, Mr. Allen Dillon? Well, the big thing they say is Harden, when he flopped in the playoffs last year, they said he was tired from playing too many minutes, playing point, being their leading scorer. So they got Chris Paul. But here's the thing about Chris Paul. He's always hurt, and it seems to happen around playoff time. So, number one, you don't know if Chris Paul's going to be healthy. I don't know about their interior defense. That could be a problem. I'll give uh, Mike D'Antoni some credit. In the game the other night against the Warriors, uh, they blew a lead. And, and during a speech he gave the team, which television captured pretty well, he, he got them jacked up, it seemed like, to get their defense going, and they got their defense going. But, but like you said, it's only one game. It doesn't mean much. And you just don't know what's going to happen. I like this. Harden has never proved himself in the playoffs. Could it be another uh, Mello? You know, Carmelo, the guy that can score a lot of points but can't win games. That, that remains to be seen. I, I, I don't know about Houston. Their defense is really questionable in their effort. James Harden telling the undefeated publication after Saturday's game, we're for real, for real. We are for real as they can get. Well, I don't know what that means. That could mean that maybe they're the second best team in the West. That may be. But I mean, that, that's, as, that's as for real as James Harden's going to get. I'll tell you that much, man. Yeah. You cannot have an MVP caliber player that does not play a lick of defense. You just can't do that. I'm sorry. You put up as many numbers as you want. 
the MVP trophy this season is going to LeBron James. It should. And that's but, a fact. Well, if the, well, they keep losing the way they're doing, I, I don't know if it's going to go to him or not. So. Well, we'll see. I mean, Clint Capella taking shots at, at the Warriors saying that the Rockets are the better team just because you Capella, won two Capella regular is, season is, games. Is this is just immaturity at best from a team that has no championship contender status in reality. They should watch the Jacksonville pregame talk and maybe they'll uh, learn to be quiet. Capella's a guy that doesn't have that much talent. He scored multiple points on assists. You heard it from Durant that Capella's just the guy that catches the ball and lays it up from Chris Paul and James Harden. That's pretty much it. Thanks for tuning in Sports World. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of our Quick Rants podcast.